Hello and welcome to the Neuroscience of Leadership podcast. Today we have Stacey Ashley, leadership expert. Stacey, welcome and thanks for joining us. Oh, real pleasure to be here, Declan. Thank you. So Stacey, I can see behind you there, you have your latest book. Congratulations. Really glad you could join us today. I wanted to gain some of your insights into um, leadership and you cover a lot of areas, including self-leadership. Maybe if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and your passion for leadership, all kinds, and what led you to, I guess, you know, become a leading author. Sure thing. So I was reflecting on this when I tell my story and I think I led my very first team on stage at the age of six and I think I've, and ever since I've been leading. So my corporate career was in really big organisations leading significant change and transformation. And what I recognised during that time was that I, I probably learnt more from my dad about leadership than I did about the people that I was working with. And I sort of got to a point where I was like, well, where do I look to get mm. that insight into how to actually elevate my own leadership? And so um, that really is what led me to, to start my practice about 15 years ago um, to help the creation and development of more leaders because I feel like there's just not enough being done to support leaders as they, as they develop through their careers and through the different mm. levels of leadership. It's just sort of assumed that people will figure it out and I, and I think that's a little unfair and unreasonable. Yeah. So the world needs more leaders. So let's give them the things, the equipment and the tools and the ideas and the strategies that will help them to be really successful as leaders and effective mm. as leaders because, you know, we need more of it. That's a fantastic motivation there. It's nice how you mentioned your dad, you know. I think a lot of that leadership comes from, you know, if you're fortunate enough with strong role models in life. So that's what leadership's all about. Tell us, Stacey, about, let's say, some of the leadership challenges today. A lot exist. And I wonder which ones do you particularly find of interest for professionals and also for emerging leaders? Yeah, I think that most of these challenges have always been around, but I feel like as the as the world you know moves faster, uh, we can't we become sort of more connected globally. The generation of information increases, the rate of change increases. I think this just kind of amplifies all of the challenges that already existed to leadership. So if I was to pick a couple, I think that one is that you know the the rate of change you know is a huge challenge you know how do you how do you engage people and and help them to become part of a change process rather than feeling like they've got change you know change is being done to them and that they're kind of yeah. victims of change um, and I and I think so the challenge for leaders I think is to move away from we've got a change or we've got a transformation and we use all this language around it mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a finite thing we'll start here and we'll and we'll finish there whereas I think what we need to do is to start to think about how do we become masters of change you know how do we equip mm-hmm. ourselves and our people to just be able to accommodate change to just you know be able to ride it because that's part of the norm. It's not a start and finish. It's just how it is. And so we should be really looking at, as leaders, how do we, you know, become really, really masterful at firstly being able to lead and integrate change into just what we do every day. And then how do we equip our people to do the same thing? So that would be the first thing. And the second big challenge is that leaders need to recognise, and many already do, of course, but leaders need to recognise that... They cannot be the expert in 
in everything. And so they need mm. to let go. <laughs> you know, they need to, to trust their team. They <laughs> yeah. need to develop yeah. their people so yeah. that those people can actually, you know, step up and, mm. and do the job and, and be responsible. And leaders need to lead. Like mm. get, out, get out of the doing, get out of your people's space yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and leave them to it. You know, do your job, which is to lead and let them do their job. Yeah. So the third one is I can talk about this all day. Definitely, I know. You can see this. Um, <laughs> I know you the can. the third thing is <laughs> the third thing is that I think it's really important that leaders embrace their humanity. And what I mean is that we need to really step beyond this whole you, you come to the office or you come to work or wherever you're working from these days, mm. and you park your emotions at the door and you yeah. and you kind of leave all of those great resources and that you just sort of work from the neck up and use your head brain I feel it's yeah. really important that we need to be able to tap into all of our resources our heart our gut you know our intuition if you like I think it's such an important thing and particularly mm-hmm. as um, the the rate of information growth, you know, is and continues to increase. I think it's already at exponential levels. So, you know, as a leader, you can never get across all that. Yeah. And so you need to utilize your intuition and, and those sorts of things to be able to mm. amplify your own decision making. You know, there's a lot of research around the importance of or, or the added benefit of using not just your knowledge and experience, so your yeah. head brain but also tapping into your intuition mm, to, to create better decisions and that sort of thing. Fourth one is the big challenge for leaders is that, that they really have to have a focus and, and recognise that primary responsibility for creating more leaders. And they need to be deliberate and proactive. Right. Um, and again, let's not just assume that leaders somehow mm. figure it out. We need to work hard yeah. um, at, at supporting them. Okay, so let me recap. We have being a master of change, which is good, and letting go, which I like, particularly myself. We had trust your intuition, which is instincts. So mm-hmm. instead of just up here. And then the last mm-hmm. one was empower, is it? In other words, assign responsibility to others. More than assign responsibilities, actually be deliberate in actually developing their Uh, leadership. Develop their leadership. Okay. So that's almost like invest. Mm. Okay. So master, let go, intuition and invest. Nice. That's nice. Mm. Um, I like that last point, actually, the invest, especially for emerging leaders, because, you know, in leadership positions, we do have the responsibility Mm. to help people move into more responsible leadership. So um, that's a nice, uh, Mm. nice fourth one there. You mentioned briefly the head brain. I think that's what you said. I like that Mm. term. I'm a big fan of neuroscience of leadership. I just find the brain fascinating. Do you want to share some insights around your, you know, I know you do a lot of coaching and um, capability uplifting with individuals and organizations. How do you find neuroscience of leadership in terms of applying it to help others become better leaders? Well, I wouldn't profess to being an expert in the neuroscience of leadership. I've got... Mm -hmm. You know, I've done some reading, I've done some learning. Mm-hmm. Just creating awareness with people about themselves and how they operate mm-hmm. generates insights that they wouldn't otherwise have had. Mm-hmm. You know, so that even you know, just the cause and effect. So I'm getting this result. What's yeah. contributing to that? Oh, okay. And so now I know what's contributing to it. I can be much more aware of it, much more conscious of it, make different choices. 
And, yep. and so that could be anything from inherent biases to emotional responses to patterns of thinking, you know. And so when, when, you, when you kind of shine a light on that and allow people to recognise it, Mm-hmm. then it just creates opportunity for them to, well, obviously to recognise it, but then to go, well, how, how do I feel about that? What would I like to do about that? How can I change it? How can I do it differently? How can I learn mm-hmm. from it? What are my different choices and options? And so I think that as we, as we can help people to kind of raise their own levels of self-awareness about how they operate, you know, how they how they tap into their own resources, mm. then I think we open up a world of opportunity for them as yeah. leaders. Yeah, it's great. I had that experience myself years ago. And when you become more aware of yourself, you know, then your awareness of others increases as well. So, you know what they say, the more you know yourself, the more you know others. And it definitely helps in leadership, especially with things like regulating or emotional situations or becoming, including biases, <laughs> which are a devil biases are everywhere Mm. so you have to recognize bias no matter how much we may deny (laughs) that's good absolutely what about women in leadership so women in leadership is another area of interest for me Mm -hmm. and I work in tech as well and there's not enough women in stem as in overall science technology engineering and manufacturing in women leadership Mm -hmm. broader than that what advice would you give women in leadership today in terms of leadership investing in themselves to become better leaders and take on the challenges they do it's it's such a tough one because for me i i even i get when you're one yourself um, so. <laughs> yeah but i kind of get dis- disturbed by that because for me i'm a leader i'm not a woman in leadership mm-hmm. right? i'm a leader and that's how i feel it should be and so i think that you know mm-hmm. we, we've got to break all of that that down and i'll be so glad when i don't get invited to a woman in leadership conference anymore right. it'd just be a leadership <laughs> conference you know yeah. so i think that's the first thing so so my advice to women would be that's the way to show up you're a leader that's the first thing yeah. don't you're not special you're not different just do it you know yeah. and then in terms of investing in yourself as a leader yeah absolutely but that goes for everyone you know just mm. Take responsibility. So if you want to develop your leadership, then take responsibility for that. One of the big things that I that I notice, and I have noticed, you know, throughout my practice, and even probably more so in the last few years, is that I, I continue to be astounded by people who still believe, because I think it's an unfounded belief, they still believe that the organization is going to look after their professional development. And I don't think that's valid. Now, there are some organisations that are fantastically, you know, good at investing in their people and developing them. However, you cannot rely on your organisation to invest in you and develop you. If you have an area of interest, you want to develop your leadership, then it is your responsibility. It's your career, so you need to own it. And so that may be about your own time and effort and even Mm. potentially sometimes funding it. But certainly saying to your organisation, this is how I would like to develop, you know, so, so mm. actually driving that conversation onto your agenda. <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting, that one, because, you know, I think we spoke before I was talking about my passion for self-leadership, you know, and I say to a lot of, you know, people I work with, I say, don't leave your leadership success to chance 
right? So mm-hmm. don't hope that your organization is going to invest sufficiently in your own leadership. You, you need to take a bit of responsibility and it doesn't always have to be funding. It can be more time, commitment, interest, reading books, broadening Absolutely. your horizon. Yeah, to- totally, totally. And, and I would completely agree with that. And, and I think, you know, really the, the age of the organization will look after me is long, long gone. Um, you yeah. need to drive your own career yeah. however that looks for you and that includes yeah. developing the skills and the knowledge and getting the experiences and the learning that you need to support you know whatever direction you want to go love it professional coaching i'm a big fan of that especially at the individual level but of course coaching is broader than that can you just share a little bit about your approach to coaching our listeners would be interested in some tips as well, how they can find a good coach to suit their needs. Mm. So my approach to coaching, gosh, that's such a big question. I'm not even yeah. sure I know how to answer it, Declan. Um, so, so do you come in with um, do you come in with <laughs> weights and ropes and say, let's start, <laughs> let's start doing the hard yakka, the hard work and Yeah, I think so. So for me, the most important thing is to determine right up front when, you know, if someone comes and says, I'd like to work with you, or if an organization approaches me Mm -hmm. and says, you know, we've got some, some leaders that we'd like you to work with. The most important thing for me is that I am actually the right person to work with them, because I might not Mm be, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, in which case I would refer one of my amazing colleagues. So I think that for me, that's really key. And that sort of sort mm-hmm. of also answers the question about how do you find the right coach? So I think fit, you know, is, is yeah. important. So for me, so it's about fit and it's about me being really clear on what the person actually needs. So I would right. you know, initially, I'd really not interrogate them, but I will interview or sort of mm-hmm. audition them to say, so I can understand like, what do they really need? What's going to make the most difference to them right now um, in their leadership and the impact that they're having as a leader and can I help them with that and uh, and if I can then we'll talk about how we best work together and so it's all about their agenda it's about what's important to them um, and then we'll figure out you know how long do we work together and what specific areas we will then focus on based on you know what's come out of those those initial meetings Mm. The other thing, though, that I think is really important is that for me, coaching is amazing and wonderful and, and has great results. But I think we are, need to add other dimensions. And so the things that are important are what we kind of wrap around that coaching. And so as well as the relationship that we build, it's about what other resources, how other, how else can I support them in terms of, you know, right. giving them, them things that will be helpful yeah. and, and valuable. So it's not just a you know, coaching program. It's, it's a much more holistic mm way of working together and I guess my my approach when we're having a coaching conversation is I would probably describe myself although I'm very trained as a coach um, I would say that my approach is fairly intuitive and so it's it's taking a lot from the mm-hmm. what the coachee is is offering me to to figure out how to you know, where do we go next in the conversation mm-hmm. or the process yeah. In terms of how do you find the coach, the right coach for you? Well, I think there's lots of things. The first thing for me is the fit. Mm -hmm. But other things that you might want to consider is does this person have the kind of experience in coaching the space that you're operating in? And when I say space, it's not necessarily about the industry. It's more about what are you endeavouring to achieve or do or focus on. 
on? Have they have right. they got experience in that? It might be, does your coach actually have coach training? You know, for some people that matters, for some people it, it doesn't. You right. know, are they a qualified right. coach? Are they a credentialed coach? Do they work to a code of ethics? You know, what other kind of support do they offer? How long do we work together? Um, what happens if, mm. if you know, we don't get along? <laughs> You know, which some which sometimes really, yeah. but yeah. but sometimes happens. Yeah. Maybe we just we're not such yeah. a good match after all. And it takes us a few conversations to figure that out. Yeah. What are the options then? You know, I think like like anything, there's a few factors. One is expectations. So what do I expect to get from this? Mm-hmm. Another one is how do I expect to uh, operate or how do I like to operate you know do I like to operate face to face or do Mm. I like to do things fast Mm. uh, you know and intensive or slow and more kind of um, give me more thinking time individual doesn't it yeah what works yeah absolutely and then the third thing is what experience does the coach bring um, Mm. so that we've got the fit across factors that's great great advice People would be interested in your experience and in particular your book, The Being of Leadership, A Practical Guide. Can you maybe take a minute or two to tell us a bit about it, why you wrote it and a bit about what you think, you know, the key messages are? Okay. So firstly, yourself, like my first book, it's been a while in kind of the generating. So it's been percolating for a little while and I I find sort of pen to paper. But when I think about leadership, I think about three key dimensions of leadership, which is sort of the platform that you build your your leadership on. And, And the first one is to lead yourself. Um, the second one is mm-hmm. is to lead your tribe. And the third one is to lead your world or sort of the ecosystem in which you operate. And so we start with right. first lead yourself. For me, to first lead yourself is sort of the ticket to be allowed to lead other people. You know, if you're, if you're not yeah. uh, showing up as a leader, if you're not, you know, developing yourself as a leader, yeah. if you're not using your strengths. Your own awareness of self. Yeah. Exactly. Then, then, you know, should you be leading others? I guess it's the question and so (laughs) so the challenge in first lead yourself is is sort of to step up to be the leader that you wish you had had um and Mm. to and it gives you a whole range of practical ideas about how you can become the leader that you really aspire to be and in that process to it is a becoming so it is a being of leadership it's not just knowing about leadership it's not just taking some leadership actions it's actually Mm. stepping into the space and owning your leadership and Mm. showing up you know and being you know a leader so it's it is how you think it's how you feel it's it's all of those things and so in the process of doing that you start to obviously become that leader but all so it starts to, as I said, get, get you the ticket to the bigger game of being able to lead and inspire and influence and impact the people around you because already by just working on your own leadership, you're starting to role model leadership. You know, you, you are starting to show other people what leadership actually looks like. You're, and, and so mm-hmm. just through that yeah. cascade, you're starting yeah. to actually develop other leaders. And so mm-hmm. first lead yourself is about, doing you know kind of three things the first one is is to face up so hold the mirror up and have a good look at your leadership and there'll be some things that you (laughs) some things that you go wow that's amazing (laughs) and some things that you'll go yeah that's not so amazing (laughs) so that's the first part okay so that's an honest look at yourself yeah Take an honest look at yourself. And, and it doesn't matter yeah. what you see. It's just about recognizing where you are because then that gives you a basis to move forward. Mm. The second yeah. part 
of the approach yeah. is then to, to show up. So knowing all of that, to actually show up at your best as you are at the moment. Yeah. No, yes, you can still have areas of mm. development, but but show up present, you know, self-directed, that sort of thing mm. right now, every single day. The mm. third thing is to step up, and that's where you grow your leadership, knowing mm. where you are and you're showing up every day, but where do you want to grow and, de- and develop? And so those are the sort of the three prongs, mm. I guess, of how to actually first lead yourself. Easy to remember, though. I yeah. think they're easy to remember. So face up show up step up yeah yeah and so the book um really just talks you through and gives i think one of the things that i'm then able to do is to take really complex sort of ideas and turn them into really simple strategies Mm -hmm. that people can implement quite easily and so that's what this book is about it's not about just having big theoretical ideas but to actually go but you could do it this way or you could do it this way or you could do it this way um so people have got practical things that they can actually put into action in terms of you know becoming the leader they want to be um straight away well that's nice actually it's good to have a leadership book that's practical (laughs) because there's plenty of leadership books out there you know, we all know can be a bit theoretical or out of touch with things, but this is very exciting. It's a practical guide. I guess we're about to finish up. I wondered, would you be kind enough to, you know, leave us with what key messages would you like to leave our listeners with today? Mm. You covered a lot of different areas. If there's maybe two or three key messages you'd like to share and ask, you know, maybe your listeners to just take away from this session that may help them. I I think the number... The number one, and actually I was interviewed yesterday and, and um, about the book and, and someone said that this was a theme that they really uh, saw and throughout the book. And I think it's something that, I, that I'm really aware of and conscious of, which is that you have the choice. Mm-hmm. You control your leadership. And so you should do that. So that would be my first one is take control of your own leadership. Right. And your own leadership journey. Right. The second one is to be really clear on that responsibility to develop other leaders. I think it's critical and and right. not just be yeah. aware of the responsibility, but actually put it into action. Yeah. So it's less about you yourself. It's more about others as well, right? Helping develop them responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a big responsibility. Hmm. And I think one that hmm. isn't as kind of consciously focused on as it needs to be and so that's why we end up with organizations that have leadership gaps or people who end up in leadership roles that maybe don't have quite the leadership skills that they need to be able to be successful so control your own leadership take responsibility for developing other leaders and i think the third one would be enjoy the ride (laughs) of course (laughs) i like that we should shouldn't we you know not forget that you have to be energized by something you enjoy doing. So enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, that was really lovely talking to you, Stacey. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks so much, Declan. Really enjoyed speaking with you today. It's been really enjoyable listening to you. I look forward to reading your book. Thanks very much. And thanks to our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please feel free to share with your friends and colleagues. And if you'd like to learn more about the exciting topic of neuroscience of leadership, then please visit our website at yellowmaze.ie. I'm also always looking for speakers, 
If you're interested in sharing your insights and you'd like to be a guest on one of my podcasts, then please email me on declan at yellowmaze.ie. Thanks again for listening.